independent media is more important than ever. We don't have a corporate network behind us, and we also don't have big green foundation grants. So we really do need you, and we are actively calling in your direct support so that we can continue exploring many of these topics and perspectives, often sidelined by mainstream media. If you're enjoying our show, please make sure you're subscribed and join us on Patreon today, starting at a tip of just $3 at patreon.com slash green dreamer. Every little bit helps and really adds up. And that is the power in community. So thank you so much for however you're able to support our work. Green Dreamer is supported by our listener patrons. If it's inspired you and you're able to support this podcast starting at just $1 per month, you can head to greendreamer.com support to learn more. With this being an independent platform, I am looking for more support to be able to continue the show. So thank you so much if you're already a patron. It helps a lot and I really do appreciate it. This isn't just about adding a new policy are doing something slightly different. If we don't deal with the underlying worldview and actually make adjustments to the foundations, we're not going to solve the problem. That was Mark Charles, a dual citizen of the United States and the Navajo Nation, and an independent 2020 U.S. presidential candidate, whose vision is to build a nation where we the people truly means all the people. He's also a speaker, writer, and consultant on the complexities of American history, race, culture, and faith. This is part two of our extended two-part conversation, so if you haven't yet, make sure to tune into the episode before this to get some very important context that we then expand upon in this concluding episode. If you're here for this part two, then stay tuned as we're about to explore what it'll take for us to be able to truly address the systemic injustices embedded into our culture and society. His primary motivation is to run for president of the United States as an independent candidate and more. Green Dreamer, if you're ready, take a deep breath and let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast exploring our paths to ecological balance, intersectional sustainability, and true abundance and wellness for all. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. On the podcast, we've been exploring a lot with thought leaders in a wide range of fields. You know, what it'll take for us to spark systemic change, to be able to thrive in harmony with the earth and realize true environmental and social justice. But while we discuss how we can change the system, it sounds like you think we have to go even further back to examine and perhaps restructure the guiding principles that continue to shape all of our political decisions and our social system. So do you think this means that we can't just we can't fully change our society for the better just by tackling the system alone and instead that we actually have to make foundational changes, perhaps like within our constitution? And what would that look like? Absolutely. And this is why in my announcement video, I framed my campaign as an 18 month dialogue because of our simplistic two party system it turns every discussion binary. Mm. And usually neither side is interested in solving the problem. They just want to blame the other side for it. And so 
we have these binary screaming matches at each other. And the way I describe it is when, when you have a house that's built on a crumbling foundation, you're going to get cracks in your walls. Your floor is going to be uneven. Your windows are going to become misaligned. And this is what's happening to our house. And our binary two-party system is screaming at each other about what color paint to paint over the cracks in the wall, what kind of carpet to relay on the floor, and what kind of windows to put in the crooked windowsills. But nobody is going down into the basement to examine the crumbling foundation and make an assessment of how that needs to be fixed. See, most Americans would like to believe, they do believe, that the United States of America is systemically racist, sexist, and white supremacist in spite of our foundations. I would argue the United States of America is racist, white supremacist, and sexist because of our foundations. We don't know how to take care of the environment. There's nothing in the Constitution. If you read the entire Constitution, there's nothing in there that states we have a collective value for life. And the underlying assumption is one of exploitation and profit. And so, again, this isn't just about adding a new policy or doing something slightly different. If we don't deal with the underlying worldview and actually make adjustments to the foundations, we're not going to solve the problem. And so this is where, in, in my campaign, I am, I'm framing it as an 18-month dialogue because I want to use the entire 18 months between now and November of 2020, of 2020. I want to use this entire 18 months to teach this history. And as I teach the history, to show how this history affects the environment we're living in today. And then as I lay out and roll out my policies to help them understand how this isn't just about changing this policy or reenacting this law, but it's about going in and making the proper adjustments to our foundations so that we actually have a foundation that can support the house we're trying to live in. And so it is deeply problematic that there is nothing in our constitution that states we have a collective value for life. This is why corporations can get sued for not maximizing the profit of their shareholders, but they, we need extra regulations to make sure they don't destroy the environment. Because the assumption of the Constitution is that exploitation and profit is the goal, and there's nothing that states we have a collective value for life. Well, to come full circle and close off here, what do you think we can do as individuals to help spark change for social justice and a common respect for our earth at the very foundation of these issues? Yeah. I am advocating that the United States of America needs a national dialogue on race, gender, and class. A conversation I would put on par with the Truth and Reconciliation Commissions that happened in South Africa, in Rwanda, and in Canada. I would call ours truth and conciliation because reconciliation implies there was a previous harmony and clearly that's not accurate. Mm. And I think we need one sooner rather than later. There's a a native leader from the the Dene Nation in Canada. His name is George Erasmus. And he says, where common memory is lacking, where people do not share in the same past, there can be no real community. If you want to build a community, says you have to start by creating a common memory. And I think that 
articulates the heart of the problems we face as a nation, which is we do not have a common memory. We have a, a majority culture that has a memory of discovery and expansion, opportunity and exceptionalism. And we have women, communities of color, members of the LGBT community, African-Americans, Native Americans who have the lived experience of stolen lands, broken treaties, slavery, Jim Crow laws, segregation, internment camps, mass incarceration, boarding schools, ethnic cleansing and genocide, families separated at our borders. And there's no common memory. We have to find a way to teach this memory, to teach this common memory, to create this common memory so that we can have better community and we can find a way to move forward as a nation in a much more healthy manner. Mm. And I'm convinced millennials who are now the largest voting bloc in the nation, they outnumber boomers. Millennials who understand at a deep level that the system isn't working. This is why the gig economy is rising up, being driven by millennials, because they're drowning in debt from college with no jobs. And so everyone's working two or three different gigs trying to make ends meet. You can't afford a car, so you drive on Uber, drive for Uber. You can't afford a house, and so you rent it out on Airbnb. The millennial generation understands that the system is not working. And the system creates these colonial divisions, whether it's political parties, religious denominations, socioeconomic lines, gender identity. There's all these divisions within our society. And millennials have a huge value for pluralism, much more than any other generation in the United States in our history. And my message to millennials is with your vote and your understanding of the need for systemic change, you can actually help enact this change. You can help bring about this change because you actually have the, the, the voting power to move, bring people into office who are willing to enact these types of changes. And so I, this is why I'm running right now in 2020. Because of the rise of the internet and the ability to have a national, even a global audience for the price of a library card, and that window's not going to stay open for long. Because of the deep oppression and injustice that communities of color and women and the LGBTQ and, and other communities are well, well, well aware of. And because almost regardless of race, not entirely, but generally across racial, bound, racial boundaries or racial lines, the millennial generation understands that the system is not working. I think we can actually have a political movement to enact systemic change and get there democratically. And that's what I'm working towards. 
Before we go into our final five, I just wanted to mention real quick that if you're relatively new to Green Dreamer and would like my guidance on which episodes to listen to first among the many that are waiting for you, you can head to greendreamer.com slash embark to get my starter guide of our most popular episodes across a wide range of topics as well as some of my personal favorites. Again, that's greendreamer.com slash embark. If you've been around a while and would like to become a patron of the show to support this work, access extended content, and our Green Dreamer network, you can head to greendreamer.com support to learn more. Either way, thank you so much for being here and for your huge heart and dedication. For now, moving on to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or a publication you follow? Yeah, there's a, a great Facebook group called Be the Bridge. They literally are trying to bring about conversations regarding race in a way that's that's both uplifting as well as constructive, and yet very very honest. Mm. And I've I've written for this group several times. I appreciate the people who are within the group, and um, I think they're doing some tremendous work to kind of move the dialogue forward in a way that it needs to be moved forward. So it's called Be the Bridge. It's a Facebook group. Um, they actually have some other publications, but I, a lot of their interaction is on Facebook. And I would highly recommend anyone who wants to check them out. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? One of the things I keep at the forefront of my mind in everything that I do, especially regarding race, gender, and class, is, and this is my message to Native peoples everywhere I go, is that we are not the victims. We are not the helpless victims of an oppressive colonial government. We are the host people of the land. And our nation needs us to step into our role as the host. Not that we're better. It's not that we're, we're, we're more moral or anything else. It's that we have a role in this land because we have a relationship to this land. Mm. And the nation needs us to step into that role. And I, I try to keep that at the forefront of my mind. What's one thing you're working on right now for your health? I have lost probably about 15 pounds in the last five or six months. I've been working very hard to eat more healthy, and I've been working very hard to have an active lifestyle. My, my schedule does not permit me to, I have not found a way, I should say, <laughs> in the last several years to have a, a rigorous exercise routine. I used to have one maybe a decade and a half ago, but over the last 15 years, the different places we move, I haven't been able to have a rigorous exercise routine, but I work very hard to walk as much as I can and to eat healthy, to cut out sugars, to cut out sweets and to, to eat a healthier diet. And in the last 16 months or six months, I've probably lost about 15 pounds and I'm feeling about the healthiest I've felt in a, in a while. And I'm very, very happy about that. What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably and regeneratively? I have been observing and looking for ways to cut down on plastics. I, as I've been reading and learning about the plastic island in the Pacific and the environmental hazards that's causing for whales and other fish, as I've been inspired by members of the Gen X community who are kind of taking the, this bull by the horns and saying, we are going to do something about climate. I've been, and as I travel to many cities and look at just the amount of plastic 
in the trash, on the streets, riverside, train railways. I've been overwhelmed by our over-dependence as a society on plastic. And so I've been observing my own family's use of plastic and thinking towards how can we significantly reduce the amount of plastic that we use. Mm. I already do the practical things, which is, you know, carry my own coffee cup with me and my own water bottle with me wherever I go and try to reduce plastic in that way. But how do we, you know, and the biggest concern is grocery shopping and, and food storage. You know, so often you can't even buy food in a grocery store that doesn't come stored in plastic. What's a way to solve that problem so that, again, it's we actually have the ability to uh, reduce our plastic at a large, large scale level by and I think I think the way we package and ship and sell food, we have to find a different way to do that if we really want to reduce our use of plastic. What makes you most hopeful for our planet and our world at the moment? I would say two things. Again, what the indigenous community did at Standing Rock and seeing our peoples come together, stepping into this role as the host people of the land, gives me great hope. Also, seeing the tenacity of Generation Z and these young kids who have a whole different world. You know, these students, these young people, had, they don't know the world without high-speed internet. Their ability to sift through, find, and build on information is amazing. And they are convinced, just like the millennials are convinced, that the, the, the systems of the nation aren't working and have left them behind. Generation Z has learned and understand that if they don't do something the, the environment they get handed, the world they are given in 20 to 30 years is not even going to be livable. I deeply appreciate the tenacity that I see in many members of Generation Z in that they are, you know, they're fighting for the right to vote even under the age of 18. They are um, doing work to clean up the environment. They're doing work to bring conversations to the forefront. They're using the communal powers of the internet, you know, to, to both harness knowledge as well as to communicate on a mass level. And that gives me a lot of hope when I see our young people mm. that engaged in trying to solve these problems. Well, thank you so much for your time with us and for this conversation, which I'm sure will spark a lot of deep reflections. We would, of course, love to keep learning from you and following your journey. So where can we go to learn more about your presidential campaign, find information on your upcoming book, Unsettling Truths, and follow and support you online? Yes, thank you. So my website for my campaign is markcharles2020.com, M-A-R-K-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, 2020.com. And uh, my announcement video is on there, as well as a TEDx talk I gave about the Supreme Court case. The opinion written by Ruth Bader Ginsburg is on that website and ways people can donate to my campaign, as well as volunteer and just hear about the schedule I'm keeping and where I'm going to be next. Uh, and then I have my personal website, which is wirelesshogan.com, W-I-R-E-L-E-S-S-H-O-G-A-N.com. That website has a lot of resources as I've been learning about the doctrine of discovery and coming to the conclusion that you see on my campaign website. They all come from the things I've been learning and exploring on my personal website, which is wirelesshogan.com. On social media, I'm very active on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, and on YouTube on um, YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. My username is Wireless Hogan. 
And uh, on Facebook, my username is Mark Charles Wireless Hogan. People can follow me there. They can stay connected with me there. And I'm most active on, on Facebook, but I'm also daily on YouTube and on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram as well. And what final words of wisdom would you like to leave us with as Green Dreamers? Because so much of the struggle regarding the environment is about understanding and knowing and having a connection to the land which for people who are not indigenous is going to come from a connection to the indigenous peoples of this land. I highly encourage people to not just learn the names of the tribes of people who lived on the land where they now live, but to whenever they can to meet with and interact with and build a relationship with that indigenous community. There's a great website out there called native-land.ca, and it's not the end-all website of everything, but it, it's a good place to start. You can enter in your city or zip code where you live, and it will give you at least a place to start researching of who are the tribes who are ethnically cleansed from the land that you live on. So much of what I'm talking about is dependent upon changing this worldview of discovery and getting this nation to Acknowledge and remember, you cannot discover lands that are already inhabited. There are stories here. There is a history of this land that predates what you read in your history books. Mm. And the key to unlocking that and the key to changing your paradigm and your key to having a deeper connection to this land and therefore a deep emotional investment, relational investment, historical investment in living here more sustainably is going to come from the relationships you're able to build and maintain with the indigenous hosts of this land. And so as much as you can learn whose land you're living on and do whatever you can to begin building relationship with the people of those lands, that will, will have benefits for not just yourself, but for your family, for your communities, for the nation, as we find a way to move forward. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. To support the show, access extended content, and join our Green Dreamer network, you can head to greendreamer.com support for more information. To receive weekly solutions-driven news around ecological regeneration and intersectional sustainability, you can sign up to our free Green Dreamer Weekly Digest at greendreamer.com. And if you'd like to come say hey to let me know that you're tuning in, you can find me on Instagram at greendreamerpodcast and at Shane. Finally, as we're wrapping up here, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.